What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hello? Who's that? Oh, hi. What are you doing out in this mess? One. Two. You're doomed. You're all doomed. Three. We weren't doing anything. We were just messing up. Four. They call this a movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We're part of the Main Damie Network, and to find more from us, check out the website at themaindamie.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Main Damie. We're also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation, and you can find them at gvnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This a Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchio, and with me, as always, is Dan Aquino and Mark Meyer. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, friends. Hello. I was wondering, after watching this movie... How many of the people involved in this now use themselves as one degree from Kevin Bacon? And that's uh-huh. really their only claim to fame in their family. Should be all of them. Yeah. Right. No, yeah, but how many of them go, yeah, but I'm only one degree, guys, whenever <laughs> well, that game would be played. <laughs> well, a lot of people get to do that, don't they? That's the whole point of a... Uh... Oh, no, not the whole point. It's six degrees. It's supposed to be. Yeah, there. anyone who's starred in a movie with him gets to say that, I guess. Yeah. And he's, sure. he's been quite a few. That's right. Yeah. He gets around. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't get Kevin Bacon. <laughs> and I don't way. under I don't understand him. Like why people in, enjoy him. He kind of comes off as a prick to me. I don't get it. I don't know. But maybe it's just me. But we are beating around the bush for our final movie of this 31 Days of Horror. For they call this movie, we are talking about none other than the original Friday the 13th. 
This is the winner of the Twitter poll that we ran yeah. for a few weeks. We did first poll was 70s and then 80s, 90s, and 2000s slash 2010s. And then the winners of those polls wound up facing off for one final poll. And this one quite handily beat out uh, all the other winners. So it was pretty appropriate. You know, it's a it's a classic in its own right. We got to talk about one to wrap up. This should be coming up. When you're hearing this, this should be Halloween, if not later. Friday the 13th, guys. Where are you coming from in this franchise for this podcast? I saw this one a long time ago. I want to say close to 10 years ago I saw this. I've seen Jason X, obviously, and Freddy vs. Jason. Does That, that counts, right? Yep. Okay, so I saw that. And I saw Jason Takes Manhattan. How many are there? There's got to be a ton of them, right? Seven. There are 12. 12, jeez. Uh, Including yeah, the I reboot. I not seen the majority. I watched part of the reboot. It was pretty terrible, so I turned it off. Just real quick, Ant, another reason why you shouldn't like Kevin Bacon, he's a sub-sixer. Oh, man. Just, just putting that out there. But, uh, How tall is he? 5'10". Oh, that's, that's he's scraping. Yeah. He's scraping. That's what we but, call uh, a, listen, uh, a daywalker. <laughs> he could probably get away so with close. saying he's six feet on his driver's license right <laughs> just wear, wear those cowboy boots or whatever he'll that'll add a couple yeah. inches there i remember when i first saw this movie i think maybe i fell into like oh it's a classic i should like this and then after re-watching it i, I don't get it to me i like jason x better and I know that's going to come off as blasphemous, but... Let's not go crazy. No, well, the, yeah. let me explain myself. Jason X is just so silly and so over the top that I enjoyed it better. And the kills were better there. And the kills in this were very... Again, 1980, there's only, I guess, so much you could do. But nothing really stuck out at me ex- except for the Kevin Bacon killing, I guess. But I was surprised at how well I... Did not like this movie. Mark? So immediately about a third of the way into the movie, I realized, I was like, oh, this is why this one was never on with the people that like horror movies in my family. And I realized that I hadn't seen any Friday the 13th pre-3. Everything I've seen, Jason is well established. Dan brings up Jason Takes Manhattan because that's one of the first ones that, that I remember seeing before going back and seeing the other ones. I don't know if it was... Did it come out around the time that we could have, like, spied it on HBO when we were younger? Um, I feel like it came out late 80s. Yeah, early 90s and might have popped up on HBO. But, yeah, but this one was, the word I'll use is it, it was boring in the sense that there was only really one chase sequence or anything like that in the whole movie, maybe two? There's a couple, I think. Yeah. Like the, the, the one, the hitchhiking girl. Yeah. I, she gets chased end, to the right? woods, and then That's the it. end. For a movie, well, it didn't really invent the slasher, because that would be more like Black Christmas and Halloween. Halloween. I feel like it. this didn't really do anything to, yeah. to you know, extend the genre. It didn't do anything new, I guess. Right. It might not have created it, but it sort of created the... It created a lot of pretenders and copycats and stuff like that. Uh, sure. Halloween came out in 1976, there wasn't really a much huge creation of slasher movies, sort of like how 1999 Blair Witch Project came out huge mm-hmm. in terms of the um, the found footage, found footage. thing, kind yeah. of like the first one, although there's uh, some other ones that did that. But it really didn't 
become a thing until Paranormal Activity came out like 10 years later almost. And then you started to see the copycats coming from there. I feel like Friday the 13th is sort of the Paranormal Activity in this in this equation where first one comes and then it kind of you know stays dormant for a little bit and then this one comes and then boom, it just explodes. And I've watched plenty of 80s slasher movies over these 31 Days of Horror and they all feel very very similar my first introduction to the friday the 13th series i believe was actually jason goes to hell because oh, that, that came that's out. one of the last ones isn't it that was yeah so that would have been like nine or eight i got now eight was jason takes manhattan but yeah i think jason goes to hell believe it came out 93 so i would have been eight when that came out so i probably watched it on vhs a couple years later so that was right when I started to get into that. So, yeah, I worked myself backwards. Well, I, I feel like I, with these movies, you can watch them in any order. It really doesn't matter. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there is the lore of the beginning. But mm-hmm. once you get into like six and on, it it's really just the same thing over and over again. Rinse and repeat. Yeah. 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 I felt much more engaged watching Sleepaway Camp mm-hmm. than I did watching this movie. Sure. The only thing that Friday the 13th did that other slasher movies prior had not done was, I think, put sex in the forefront. Mm-hmm. All the camp counselors are getting busy. I'm trying to think in Halloween, there's really no sexualization, uh, right? I don't think that's true at all. PJ Souls has sex. Oh, no, that's right. And then he gets, he gets into the wall, right? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I can't even say that Friday the 13th did that better. Yeah. I'll say I think Friday the 13th Part 2 is a much better movie. I I don't know if I've ever seen that one. Yeah. I watched that a couple of years ago for 31 Days of Horror, my first time watching it. Yeah, I, I think this movie is a step in a direction that, you know, I think every of the movies that come after it has kind of created the legend of this movie. Okay. And it doesn't really hold up to that that expectation. Real quick, because we, we've mentioned Jason Takes Manhattan. New York wasn't that bad where people would just allow a, a guy in a hockey mask with a machete just to wander around freely. What it, was it? Mm, 1980s, absolutely. You think so? Have you seen The Warriors? <laughs> <sighs> I don't have anyone to talk to about it right now, but I, can, I feel like as, no matter how bad Manhattan was at the time period, someone would have said something or other, mm. but maybe I'm wrong. Pre-Giuliani, it was a war zone. Was it? People just did this all the time? Yep. I was like, oh, all right, well, just another another Friday, I guess. Yeah. It was, a, it was basically a condemnation of Ed Koch, Jason Takes Manhattan. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was a big uh, fuck you to him, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Hey, I don't listen. even know when he was mayor. <laughs> you, that sounds good to me. Yeah. We'll, we'll run with that. Uh, Friday the 13th from 1980 was directed by Sean S. Cunningham and stars Betsy Palmer, Adrian King, Janine Taylor, Robbie Morgan, and of course, Kevin Bacon. Has an IMDb score of 6.5 and a Rotten Tomato score of 62%. Of course, it also uh, features the special effects work of Tom Savini, who was probably a psychopath in the 1980s. Oh, if the one scene has anything to do with it, then he 100% is a psychopath, or was. Oh, he, his name in From Dust Till Dawn was uh, sex, machine. sex, yeah, sex Machine, and he had a, a pistol for a dick, so 
I feel like he came up with that. That wasn't Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. No, he probably created that character. He's like, what yeah. if I just have a dick gun? <laughs> All right, well, I guess we got to build that now. <laughs> <laughs> that was one, another thing I didn't remember seeing the first time. The snake. And uh, I remember today when I was watching it, I see it happen. Like, man, that looked real. That looked too real. I had to dig a little bit. Not, not even that much, but yeah, that was a real snake. Mm-hmm. And Real snake. The end fight between Betsy Palmer and... Alice, they mm-hmm. are really fighting. There are no stunt doubles. Betsy Palmer at one point really slams her, her Adrian King's head into the ground. I believe she walked away with uh, some bumps and bruises. You, uh, you think with Tom Savini, who is in his own right a, a great makeup artist and special effects artist, you think he could have made a snake or something? Yeah. Well, you know what? You take some filmmakers, you probably hand them some cocaine, and you you send them off to the woods to shoot for. 10 weeks things happen i'm surprised the only thing that died on that set was a snake that we know of <laughs> we know of <laughs> right because apparently the the one arrow shot at brenda who just gets missed was shot by tom savini himself he was aiming for some some other wildlife yeah. <laughs> in in one of the shots there's like they show a beaver going mm. i was like oh my god don't tell me they're gonna fucking cut the beaver's head off here <laughs> I'll turn this movie off right now. <laughs> For those listening, I am I'm a big softy when it comes to animals. Unlike my my two co-hosts who are just vicious vicious animals. All right. Yeah. Well, okay. I didn't I didn't think we were gonna get political on this. Uh, no, this no, podcast, I, but you're you're not vicious animals. I was just kind of I was really digging in there. I didn't I didn't know how to come back from that one. <laughs> Good. <laughs> one for me. Finally. But look, I didn't kill the snake, all right? Take that up with Tom Savini. If I see him, I would. Yeah. I don't, you want me prob- to tell Tom Savini to go fuck himself? At the end, we should do both of them. He yeah. might come beat the shit out of us, though. <laughs> he's like 70. There's no I know, way he's, he's, pre- he's pretty jacked, though. That's fine. Like, we, but we could take him. He <laughs> well, can't take all of us. Right. Like, he might take out one of us, but... I'm willing to sacrifice Mark in that situation. Right. Well, Mark's got a low center of gravity. Yeah, I'll just, so, I'll, just, I'll just Naruto run towards him, and we'll be absolutely... <laughs> there you go. And you do, you know, a Super Saiyan thing, and I'll do, like, a Batman thing. We'll be fine. And I have two swords, all right? We'll be fine. <laughs> all right? Uh, Dan just added himself as a sword guy. Yeah. We <laughs> just lost half mean? of our viewership. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I'm too geeky. <laughs> It's a, it's a Lord of the Rings sword, too, just to put more fuel on that fire. Oh, man. I could hear <laughs> oh. people turning off this, this episode just, yeah, right now. Yeah, just the groans and the, the click. I you got to warn people thing. ahead of time about the fact that you're a sword guy. Well, can I say that I don't practice in the mirror? <laughs> Do you just practice outside? I, I've never practiced. I've held it, and that's it. I've never swung it or done it. I just look at it like, oh, yeah, this is a very nice sword, and then I put it away. I Let me ask not- you. A question. In a situation of self-defense, are you going for the sword? Or is there anything else? Like, what, what would would you be? Would you take a baseball bat ahead of that? I'd rather take the baseball bat. Okay. 100%. I'm, if you lay out a, a sword, a bat, and like a knife, I'll probably go for the knife first. Okay. Because I'm not going out wielding a sword. Because that's... See, you're a like, knife well, over bat guy. Well, well yes. Uh, <laughs> you, you, it's more uh, 
I guess you don't want to die as a sword guy, right? Yeah, because that will overshadow the death itself. Yeah. Local... Dan Aquino killed by his own katana. Right. Yeah. <laughs> local local man dies from sword infliction. <laughs> Self inflicted sword wounds. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't want that on my. I don't want that in my obituary. Uh, Dan was, you know, Dan is survived by his his wife Jenny Aquino. He had two swords, one that ultimately killed him, and he enjoyed Batman and whatever. I, I don't want that. I just, I'll go out with the knife. All right. <laughs> this movie was a certified hit. It was uh, made on a budget of $550,000, and it grossed 39.75 mil. And there you go. It was a hefty chunk of change for 1980. Oof. Yeah. Very, yeah. And again, I think this is it's definitely a product of the times, right? Because slasher films, like you said, weren't really prevalent. Mm-hmm. So this one, obviously it has the atmosphere to it, the, the milieu of the campsite. I did like that. I like the draining, it's dark, all that. I, I think that's what really got people to see this movie. And it, it made me think, so... You know, nowadays we have the paranormal scary movies, right, mostly? Mm-hmm. Like, paranormal movies are big. Do you think in 20 years they'll look back and be like, oh, like, this is what scared them? Ghosts? I would say yeah, probably. Right, and it, it'll just be a cycle, I guess, right? Because then maybe slasher movies will become big again or some other type. I don't know what other genre you can do, but it'll just kind of perpetuate itself. Yeah, eventually we'll just be it'll just be scary TikTok videos. Right. There is that show on Netflix. It's the two sentence horror stories that they Mm -hmm. make into episodes. So we're not too far off. Yeah, there you go. That's what the world's going to become. It's a sad state of affairs. Well, I'll be dead before that happens, though. Right. Killed by Dan's katana swords. (laughs) (laughs) I. It's true. Possibly Tom Savini. (laughs) I, I am unstoppable when I wield my sword. It's a it's a known fact. I'll tell you what I think annoyed me the most about this movie was the the teenagers in this are just so run of the mill. None of them have their own characteristics about them. I, I will say that there is one exception, and it's an unfortunate exception. Oh, is it the guy who dresses as a Native American? Oh my God, yeah, he yeah. is the worst in every scene he's in. Well, he gets killed off fairly quickly. Thankfully. Yeah. He's a funny guy. Right. And there's nothing worse in a horror movie than the funny guy. That's not always necessarily true, but this guy was real bad. Nine times out of ten, the most unlikable character in a horror movie is the the funny guy. Yes. Yeah, I'll I'll go with that. That seems like a decent number. Yeah. Like Jamie Kennedy from Scream was like the one exception. And that kind of kick-started his career, so that, that was real bad. And then Jamie Kennedy would worst. just be the unlikable guy in movies after that. <laughs> right. And, and he wasn't, he was just the, the unlikable guy. Yeah. Should have been credited as the unlikable guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a shame because I, again, I remember thinking of this movie as a, like a classic. And then, I was like, well, why? What made this a classic? I couldn't, maybe we can pinpoint it in this podcast. But to me, I didn't really, I guess the twist at, at the end sure. was big for the time being but other than that i I, yeah. I guess it went over my head yeah which was funny as i read through the trivia apparently um was it gene was it gene siskel hated the movie so much he just spoiled it in his review 
Yeah, the ending. He, he hated this movie. Uh, wow. What's the, what's the trivia? I just had yeah. it up because I was going to read it, and then I scrolled past it, and now I don't have it yeah. in front of me anymore. He just literally put the twist in, in his review. Yeah. Uh, he said it was vile and basically a uh, a condom, or it was like misogynistic and all that kind of shit. I can't find it now. Why, why do I fucking, why don't I, why do I scroll? God damn it. <laughs> Yeah, but I think the main go. thing... I got it. That, I hold oh, on a second. Okay. Sorry. Gene Siskel, hate, Gene Siskel hated this movie so much, he gave away the ending in his review. He and Roger Ebert also slammed it in a special edition of Siskel and Ebert called The War on Women, which focused on misogynistic ser- slasher movies. All of this just booted ticket sales. There you go. That's what I wanted to say. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah. Well, well two things. One, I wonder how many guys nowadays that fight against SJWs pick Roger Ebert as their favorite reviewer. <laughs> Two, um, I think this movie, I think the main problem with it, as I've been sitting here thinking about it, is that I don't think there's enough people in it. And I think that's what makes it boring to me. Yeah, they, and they die off fairly quickly. Yeah. This yeah, is like a relatively high bot. I mean, not for the series, but there's there's 10 deaths in this one. Yeah, what I meant was like in the camp scene, like there's just, you know, maybe because it seems empty. You know, with there only mm-hmm. being what five or six of them there. Yeah, there's not. You too know, many. it it maybe that's what made it boring to me because every other camp version is like a full camp going on and only parts of the camp gets killed. Mm-hmm. You know, right. not everyone. I, I guess like you're in contrast, like Sleepaway Camp. The, the camp in Sleepaway Camp is a fully functioning camp at that point. Right. And there are multiple. There's like a full. Like I said, there's a full camp there. Right. Yeah, um, there's staff and, and children. Yeah, it's. I, I agree with Mark. I think I, it takes place over a night, obviously. So you have mm-hmm. to take you have to take that into account. But at one point, I think she goes through maybe the campers in five ten minutes. Yeah, that's there, what it seems like. There is a good chunk of this movie uh, towards the end where everyone that has died, uh, that will die, has died. Like. Like Pamela shows up and there's Pamela Voorhees shows up and there's like um, 25 minutes left. Yeah, that's true. And her her chase scene with Alice is very long. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of unbelievable because she's able to sneak up on all these other campers, murder them like a ninja, mm-hmm. and then and and overpower some of them. But then with the last one, she turns helpless. Mm-hmm. Right, she's getting knocked out by simple things. Yeah. Uh, I I didn't I didn't I, even when I first saw this movie, I didn't appreciate the twist because it's so obvious. I think it would have been so much better if they had introduced uh, Mrs. Voorhees earlier in the movie. Like maybe she's you know she lives nearby the camp or something like that. Like do oh you, you know, do you mean don't pay obvious? To, obvious that once she shows up, it's like oh well she's the killer. Gotcha. Because who else would it be? Why are they introducing uh, this character so late in the game? Yeah. Right. I, I had down in my notes, it's like, this movie would make so much more sense if it was Steve that was the killer. Now, why is that? Uh, just because um, he go he disappears for a long time, and it just makes more sense. Like, Pamela Voorhees, like, I for, I didn't realize, like, I, have seen, I hadn't seen this movie in a while. I had forgotten... Just how subtle they they talk about the death of Jason 
until mm-hmm. the very end. Yeah, like, it just kind of comes up here and there. Like, I thought that they started the movie with that. It's like, oh, no. he's dead. No, it happened the year before. We So we the opening scene is the death of the two campers um, yeah. from 1958. But right. we don't know why they die. Like, we don't, like, we don't know what they've done. Right. Yeah. So if you're sitting in the movie theater in 1980 yeah. and... You're watching this movie it's just like oh okay there's a killer on the loose you don't know why right. it's just it's almost like this the town that feared sundown right, right? there's sure. just a, a killer on the loose yep so yeah i, th- I think it would have made more sense to delve into at least showing jason die yeah. at the beginning and, and i wonder if it's coming back um with the knowledge we already have of horror slasher movies if we kind of understand the trope of what's going on in that scene um, you know, because, you know, at that point, um, I don't know how much it was established before that, that the teens having sex are the ones that end up getting killed in these movies. I don't know how established that was in 1980. I don't think it was established at all. I think, the, I mean, obviously Halloween, it gets that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was one movie. It didn't make it a trope. Um, yeah. yeah, I think it is hard to put yourself in that mindset of like, this is 1980. This is like something that no one's really ever seen before more than a handful of times. Right. Um, but yeah, like I think there was a, a note in the trivia where like uh, Betsy, it was her name, Betsy, um, Betsy Palmer mentioned that Betsy she Palmer. should probably, she should probably like make an appearance at some point yeah. in the beginning. And then the director was like, ah, nah, that's fine. We're, we're, we've got this like without, like she was like, shouldn't like people kind of, recognize her and be like hey that was the person in the diner and just at least have a connection to who she was before she popped out because like i said like we get uh subtle hints like from the truck driver that drop that takes annie a certain amount of way he briefly mentions that the kid drowned mm-hmm. and then yeah. we really don't hear much about it again i think until pamela Voorhees shows up yeah, yeah and I- then she gives the whole spiel yeah, I, I think it's mentioned in one of the trivias that the name Jason is not mentioned until like an hour 15 or something. Into right. The movie. Yeah. And that's, I think, when she shows up. Yeah. Yeah. So this this is a long movie with her in it, though. Like there's mm-hmm. like I said, so that's like an hour 15. Yeah. There's like another 20 minutes left. So that's her twist chasing around 20 minutes left. Yeah. And that's all they do. It just this movie devolves into a middle-aged woman chasing around a teenager (laughs) for 20 minutes. Another thing I wrote down uh, while watching this that bothered me: everyone here is so blah, like in their reactions to things. Mm -hmm. No one really emotes fear perfectly in this. And Alice is screaming at the end and all that, but it's some of them look like they're. It's just kind of like an annoyance when they're killed. Like, oh, no, really? This is going to happen here <laughs> in the woods? Oh, God. A lot of the deaths happen off screen. There's a few. Yeah, there are quite a few. But the um, who who was the uh, Annie, right? Annie's the hitchhiker? Yep. So when uh, Mrs. Voorhees catches up to her in the woods, she just kind of looks like miffed about it. Yeah. She doesn't look scared or like pleading for her life. She's just like, oh, no. And then, yeah, Marcy has kind of a weird reaction, too. Marcy's yeah. the one that was that was banging Kevin Bacon. Right, right. She's just she's like, oh my 
god and then axe no, to the face axe. boom <laughs> yeah right <laughs> but that that's one of the cooler deaths the arrow yeah. through the throat with kevin bacon is cool uh but everything else is just kind of mundane you get a throat slit uh some guy one of the guys gets uh nailed to the uh the door yeah and that's pretty much it you know nothing nothing yeah. crazy yeah and it maybe it's just Again, our experience, you know, almost 40 years um, since it came out, um, that I think my issue with the deaths were that none of them seemed like they weren't, there was no theme. Like, normally in some of these movies, people will die for things their character's known for, Mm -hmm. you know, or, you know, like the guy that's nailed to the door, he wasn't even the guy that shot the arrow at the girl. That was the right. other guy. You know? Oh, right. So if it, you know, if that would have been him, you know, there's like, oh, okay, cool. Let's call back to, you know, that that scene where he almost killed the girl. Right. Yeah. You know, shooting that. But yes, yeah. you know. To that to that point too, you think that they're gonna do it too, because Brent Brenda's the one that almost gets hit with the arrow in the yeah. beginning by Ned. Ned's the the funny guy who's the giant asshole. Right. Um, and then at the end, the last time we see her alive, she's on the She's on the near the uh, archery course, whatever you call that. Um, yeah, and right, then you the archery think, range. Yeah, you think the next time you're gonna see her, she's gonna be like, uh, all like against one of the the bullseyes with like arrows through her, but she's not. She's thrown through the window when Alice is barricading her um, inside one of the uh, the bunks. Yeah. So you think that's gonna be a foreshadow almost, like, oh, it's come full circle. She almost got hit there. She's gonna get hit, like just impaled with a whole bunch of arrows, but no, she's no. not. <laughs> so um. yeah, it's again. I think there was a a, a couple of uh, missed opportunities in this movie, so which kind of baffles me on why it did so well. But again, just different time, simpler yeah. time in yeah. terms and, of horror. And was this was this one of those movies that ended up PG because there was no middle ground, or is this a an R? I didn't. Remember to look it this up. This is this says R. Okay. Because yeah, I, I remember right. re- no, I remember reading a trivia that you know there was you know they they were upset they let so much gore slip through. So I thought it was one of those like Temple of Doom or whatever situations. No, there's where... definitely plenty of gore in this. I know they said the MPAA was uh, not happy with how much gore it is. So in the yeah. second one, there's less. I read that there's a a cut where there's actually more gore in it because i think tom savini was uh upset that they cut out a lot he's a psychopath yeah. <laughs> right yeah and, and the funny part was with the gore maybe it's because of the other movies i've seen with you guys you know doing this um i was like oh this is all right i don't see what the overreaction was to the gore yeah it's this. tame and compared to today's standard yeah this is the beginning of the 80s so yeah right. remember that Right. Um, all right, I think it's time to get into the plot. Um, but before we do, we are going to take a word from a friend of the podcast. So we will be right back. Hey, everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. 
Welcome back, and as we mentioned, it's about time we get into that plot, uh, as as thin as it is. So here it is, Friday the 13th from 1980. We open up 1958 Camp Crystal Lake, which is the real-life Camp Noby Bosco in Hardwick Township, New Jersey, which uh, anyone that knows anything about us, uh, one Mr. Dan Aquino got married not far from Camp Noby Bosco. Really? Yeah. I didn't realize this- it was that far away. It's about like 15 minutes from you, from oh. where you got married. Oh, damn. I wish I would have done some research on that. We got married there. <laughs> yeah, that'd have been great. It is a Boy Scout camp um, well, currently, and it was back then as well. made an exception, right? Well, no, it, no, it was a straight marriage, so they would have been fine with it. That's right. true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. 1958, uh, camp counselors are singing some camp songs by the fire, and a couple of them go off to go fucking a loft. But uh, they get murdered by an unforeseen, uh, an unseen murderer uh, that we get a POV shot from. And I, f- as I mentioned, I forgot how little context we get early on of what exactly yeah. is happening besides just two kids getting killed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we flash forward to present day 1980. Uh, we meet Annie, who's hiking uh, to town. 20 miles from Camp Crystal Lake, where she's looking to get there because she has a job waiting for her as a camp counselor. Um, camp Blood, as the locals call it. She meets uh, one crazy Ralph, who shows up and warns her about a death curse. But regardless this is of that... A, I'm, I'm sorry. This is one of my favorite parts where uh, Ralph tells her, you know, like, you're never going to come back. You go there, you're never coming back. So he's super creepy and very foreboding and ominous and then he does the least creepy thing ever and just rides away on a bike <laughs> like oh my god that's if yeah. i if i'm there i'm like oh my god I, there's a curse there's a blood curse there jesus christ this is terrible and then he just gets on his little bike and i'm like oh <laughs> he's just crazy okay never mind I'm yeah. remember remember kids reduce your carbon footprint <laughs> <laughs> that's the real curse greenhouse gases will kill us all <laughs> It's really crazy. <laughs> Climate change is a myth, obviously. Yeah, the truck driver just saying that. Yeah, he's one of those climate change guys. You know, yeah, one of those nut jobs. Got to hold off. I got to pull off to get some lead gas here. <laughs> uh, so one of the truck the truck driver offers Annie a ride. Um, from here we get some exposition dump, uh, which is one of the subtlest hints regarding Jason's death as well as the campers from 1958 and a couple of things that happened in between. Uh, Then we cut to Marcy, Jack, and Ned driving up to Camp Crystal Lake. Jack played by Kevin Bacon and Ned being the biggest asshole in this movie. Mm -hmm. And then they drive up to Camp Crystal Lake and we meet the very handsy Steve in his cut-off shorts and mustache. Of course. There there is a good amount of short shorts in this movie. He's also got a little neckerchief, too. And he's terrible at cutting things. Yeah. He's he's useless with that axe. How old he's, do you think Steve is? That's my question. Thirty-five, maybe younger. Yeah. Oh, right. Man. He's 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 in his thirties, I'd say. Oh. Right. And he and do you think Alice and him they've at least fucked once, right? Yes. He, really? Oh, well, he makes the like the offhand remark like. Give me another chance. Give me another chance. Right. So then yes, yeah, at least once. Right. Yeah. Maybe and that's what he was referring to. Just give, give me another chance. It won't happen again. I'll right. go longer maybe, this time. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he didn't. Uh, premature ejaculation. Right. Maybe. Right. Well, 
You'd be like, he should have said, did you see me cutting that stump over there? Like, Come on, man, that's sexy. You know, I did it with my shirt off. I did it for you. <laughs> my sweet stash and my curly hair. And my jean shorts, riding high. <laughs> worked up a worked up a mean sweat. Good thing I have this neckerchief to wipe my <laughs> wipe my sweaty brow. <laughs> it, it's uh, I I I think if we're if we're staying with the uh, political theme of this episode, <laughs> he would be a beta. Uh, as as the beta as cuck. they say a beta cock yes maybe not a cock I don't know <laughs> we'll, let's let's just hey, we can't confirm or deny that right let's just we'll stay with beta okay <laughs> well Steve is a beta cock and he immediately leaves camp and puts his counselors in charge of cleaning up the camp and at this point he says he'll be back by lunchtime which I don't know where he winds up for the rest of the day but he is not back by lunchtime. <laughs> No, he he's gone the whole night. Yeah. Do, do they mention like what holds him up? No, but one of the counselors, I think, asked a few times, "Where's Steve? Where's Steve?" Yeah. And I just wanted to make sure I didn't miss it because it was like because we get a scene at the end where he's in the diner and he's like, "Well, I gotta go." It's like the the waitress is like, "Oh, you shouldn't go out in the in this rain." He's like, "Ah, oh, well, I got to. I got the." <laughs> I got the kids back. And now all of a sudden he becomes responsible. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, maybe I should go back. I've been gone for 11 hours. Yeah. I don't even know what he was doing. Yeah. Uh, he, so he leaves. And then uh, Marcy nearly gets killed by Ned with an arrow stunt. Uh, again, Tom Savini shot that arrow. Proved so was, that he was a fucking maniac in 1980. <laughs> right. Because he definitely could have killed her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you you got to like the commitment, I guess. Yeah, I guess, or just the the willingness to put other people in danger. Yeah. Do you think and they knew? I'm sure I, she probably didn't. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I mean. Yeah, I'm sure that was a total surprise to her. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and you can absolutely tell that it was not the actor that shot that arrow uh, from the next scene when he is trying to reshoot a second one at her. Oh, and God. he has no idea how to he... load it. He he looks. You, you remember that scene in Robin Hood Men in Tights when yep. they're they're, they're training the how thing. to shoot, yeah. or they're, they're like fumbling around with it. <laughs> like, oh, what do we do with this? Yeah, this. Geez. This this camp Ned's is the just fucking worse. Yeah. This camp is just full of betas. That's what it is. <laughs> this is beta camp. <laughs> they should rename it beta camp. Yeah, beta camp at camp at uh, at Crystal Lake. That's what it is. Beta camp at Crystal Lake. Founded in 1980. Are the only two that aren't betas Kevin Bacon and Bill? Well, because they get it. Well, I would say Kevin Bacon isn't right because he he, he scores. Yeah. And well, Bill the takes other guys, charge at the end. Yeah. But he goes to check out the the generator. That's true. But he's playing Monopoly and then he's like half naked. Sure, he's Monopoly. losing in Monopoly. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah. He, an alpha would have uh, rigged the game where he doesn't get naked. <laughs> right so yeah he's i guess so he, the he jordan falls. belfort way of playing monopoly <laughs> yeah so he unfortunately he he's a lesser male in my eyes and i know a lesser male when i see one. <laughs> look in so the mirror Bacon's every day. the only one that certifi- certifiably fucks yes yeah this, he does the sex yeah uh, so uh annie gets picked up hitchhiking and immediately gets killed by whoever picks her up as of right now, we don't know who it is. Um, but meanwhile, the counselors knock off work to go swimming, 
And then Ned proving the fact that he's just the worst. Fake drowns so he can freak everybody out. Every single scene, he's just the worst person in that scene. (laughs) I'm so glad he dies early. Yeah. And he doesn't even get the... uh... He doesn't get the satisfaction of having an on-screen death. He's just... You get a quick pan. Yeah, where it's actually a tilt-up, I guess, right? Yep. You tilt up and throat slashed, dead. Yeah, so I'm assuming you've seen that meme going around with Uh, camera movements. And the tilt, yeah. (laughs) And And he's like, what I see, and it explains all the things, what my client sees, pan, 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 pan. So I wanted to to give you guys credit where credit's due, you know? Yeah. You know your camera work. So then after Ned is done being the worst guy, at least for that scene, um, Alice is in one of the bunks and she finds a snake. Bill comes in and uh, chops up that snake real good. So Bill's showing <laughs> off his, his alphaness, killing that snake. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I would have handled it differently. That's me. But uh, so the, the <laughs> I read two stories on this scene. Yeah. One oh, story was the... Before we get to the sad part, I just want to point out one thing. <laughs> Kevin ahead. Bacon does the worst thing imaginable when he's supposed to trying to smoke out the snake. He just basically jumps on the bed and breaks it <laughs> in half. <laughs> you just see, like, the wood is bent and all that. I'm like, well, now that bed's completely unusable. Like, you didn't have to uh, jump your entire weight onto that bed. How much is that going to cost the camp to repair now? Oh, jeez. Like now, Bill's like, now i got to repair that. Thanks. <laughs> Way to go, Kevin Bacon. Bacon. Uh, so I read two different stories about this scene. Both obviously sad. Uh, so it was a real snake, as we said earlier. And one story I read was the animal's owner had no idea they were going to do this, and he can be heard crying off camera, supposedly. And which is just so heartbreaking. <laughs> just imagine your your pet. Like, yeah, we're going to take good care. Of, we're going to take good care of Bailey. And don't worry, he'll be fine. All of a sudden, whack. <laughs> like, gee, what the hell? Well, we, you know, Tom Savini comes up to you. It had to be done. You know, we got to we got to get the shot. Sorry, um... here's some cocaine. Uh, <laughs> and the, the, the second story was that Tom Savini just found a, a snake in the woods and thought it would be a good idea to use as a scene yeah but again I'm lean towards that story probably being true uh sure. only because in the trivia it mentions that that wasn't in the script that whole scene they thought of it uh after they found a snake in tom savini's uh bunk mm-hmm. and he oh. he was the one that thought of that as the idea so it quite it could have been the same exact snake that they found in his bunk it was just uh, his revenge against that snake yeah, yeah. You come uh, into Tom Zavini's territory, you pay the ultimate price. Uh, it could have been the same snake, or else, or Tom Savini could have bit the head off that snake, and they had to find another one. Oh, <laughs> I, so this is another thing. I didn't realize Tom Savini was a complete crazy asshole. Yeah, uh, he's probably still kind of a crazy asshole, but he's older, so he's yeah. less crazy. So he's like a racist crazy asshole. Probably. Possibly. Yeah, he's, de- he's a boomer. I mean, Yeah, get off my lawn, Tom Savini. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and he'll uh he'll probably blow your head off or make yeah, it look well, like your head got blown off right <laughs> well that's I, I was joking around with some guys at work where uh at the end when you know obviously spoilers when alice chops off betsy palmer's head <laughs> uh, mrs Voorhees I was like oh, i wonder if savini actually used betsy palmer for this 
One of my favorite parts of that at the getting to the end is where it she feels for the head. <laughs> oh, her and, hands go up like she's looking for her own head. <laughs> it's, it's, it's clearly a man, yeah. right? Those are man hands. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the hairy hands coming up looking for the head. Because well, that learned, happens. We learned anything from Seinfeld. It could have very easily not been a man. Sure. Very true. But but that uh, I don't think that's ever happened in the history of decapitations where the body just kind of cartoonishly searches for the head. Well, you never know. In Reanimator, we find out how long does the body, the head and the body survive after decapitation? Six minutes? I don't know if that's proven, though. <laughs> it's in again, Reanimator. But it's then again, there's no such thing as proven science. Right. Right. Yep. Uh, it's in Reanimator. It's got to be true. It's got to be true. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so uh, they killed the snake, and then a cop shows up looking for Crazy Ralph, just in time for Ned to be terrible again. This time, a very racist sort of terrible, as he's running around doing uh, very stereotyped Indian things with a headdress. Um, yeah, this yeah. this was kind of uh, unfortunate to see. Yeah, and then he just continues to be an asshole in this scene, where everything the cop says, he's just like joking around like a real asshole. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I guess it was supposed to be, he was supposed to be the rebel, yeah. maybe. But it he just yeah he just comes off as I wouldn't want to why would anyone want to hang out with him not me right yeah he yeah. he he would be the guy who would get picked on the most yeah. in the group yeah he's always talking about getting laid and the reason why he it's surprising he survives because it's obvious he's a virgin yeah because obviously yeah. he doesn't survive right <laughs> right and he gets what he he gets his comeuppance for sure it was probably too good. Yeah. He should have just been mentioned off screen. Like, oh my God, where is he? Oh, I I don't know. I haven't seen him. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody cared. <laughs> and yeah, he doesn't come back around. Uh, so the cop leaves. Then Alice catches Ralph in the pantry and he warns of the curse and that everyone should leave. And then he rides off on his bike <laughs> off to the next camp to tell the curse. Two things I, about this. I love, love that bike. One. How long was he waiting in that pantry <laughs> just to pop out and say that and leave? Two, if he rode a bike in, how didn't they see him coming? Right? <laughs> it was parked right outside. It's, it's great because it's, uh, I feel, to answer your first question, when you're a crazy, you know, old coot who, who just, who just uh, talks about curses, I feel like you wait your whole life for certain parts such as that where you can just pop out at a good time <laughs> so you i'm i'm assuming he puts himself in those situations at any time of the day right so he'll know like all right well if, i'll stick to the gas stations i'll stick to the you know the, <laughs> <laughs> the the cabins where i know it'll be a lot of foot traffic yeah he's got a crazy old coot route like a paper route. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I'm off to tell about curses in my next stop. Bye, guys. Fairly it would well. be great if he, just, if he ended that scene riding away on his bike and just waving as he walked. <laughs> you have the bring, bring. <laughs> Beware the curse. <laughs> yeah, listen, it's, uh, you, it's, it's one of those uh, when you were in school and you would go on those field trips to... Uh, Old town, old time English settlements and whatnot. So you had the mayor and the town drunk and all that. So he was like the town coot. Like, oh, don't pay attention to him. That's just crazy Ralph. He's the town 
coot. <laughs> I, I, we're saying coot far too many times here. Yeah. I apologize. The best uh, part of this is that Ralph is married. In the... his, wife, his wife is worried about him. <laughs> <laughs> Why isn't anyone watching Ralph? I told you guys to keep an eye on him. Uh, what are Despite you going to do? all this craziness, he's able to maintain a healthy relationship with his wife. Or yeah. his wife is just his caretaker. Maybe. <laughs> right. yeah. I, I will say that uh, that's one thing that movies nowadays are kind of missing. The crazy guy who warns the youngins of the uh, their impending doom. Sure. But in just such a cartoonish way. Well, now nowadays that guy would just have a giant letter Q shirt on <laughs> as, he's, as he's going around. Or just be holding up like a sign, like end of days sign. With a or bunch whatever. of letters and a hashtag that I guess means something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh the yeah. that it's it's a lost art, guys. We need to get it back. Yeah. Maybe Bring I'll back wait sandwich till, boards. That's what I'm saying. Maybe I'll wait till I'm like. 55 60 god willing if i make it to enter into the show business uh world that's crazy just tell them just cast me as the crazy old guy in any horror movie if you're worried about getting to that age amongst the three of us i think me and ann are in trouble hey listen (laughs) the reaper could can can come knocking at any time that's all i'm saying we're keep if we're keeping this halloween themed you never know what what's on the other yeah, side of tomorrow, the, folks. You're the, you're the vegetarian that goes to the gym and lifts weights, and you're like, eh, if I make it to 55, I'll be... <laughs> it'll, it'll be a hell of a run. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're, no. for, you're glossing over his debilitating heroin habit, yeah. so yeah, I try it was a great equalizer. Public, <laughs> <laughs> my uh, yeah, my opioid addiction, my heroin addiction, it's uh, a great equalizer. Good yeah. old classic H. Right. <laughs> Eating a lot of fruits and vegetables, heroin. Just sprinkle some heroin on top of that apple. <laughs> right. Yeah, a heroin apple a day keeps the doctor away, as they say. It's it's a tale as old as time, Mark. You should know this. Come on. But uh yeah, I that's my goal. When for you know, if if I make it and I can retire, I wanna go to a movie studio and just say, Listen, if you have if if you need need a crazy old man to just say random shit like don't go you go there there's trouble a brewing mm-hmm. i'm your guy i want to be him all right so ralph leaves um it starts to rain and this is where the killing starts happening uh, kevin bacon and marcy go off to fuck we find ned above and above them in the bunk bed dead thank god <laughs> where he should be yeah and everybody else starts playing strip monopoly which might be the worst game to play strip for. I feel like even that's gonna take six hours. I, right. I, I love that it's the that it's a legitimate game of Monopoly that was at that camp because there was all the tape on the edge of the boxes mm. and all right. that. Like it wasn't like a freshly brought in game of Monopoly. They didn't the have movie. Twister. Twister wasn't invented yet. I'm sure it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, come on. Play some strip Clue. Yeah. I mean that's also kind of boring, but I don't know why strip, we're so strip risk. I don't know why we're so readily willing to agree with you there. Yeah. Let's just like, strip connect four. Well, so yeah, you yeah, make, that's, that's you make a, a hypothesis and clue, and then if you're not right, right, then you take off an article of clothing. Oh god, that would take forever. <laughs> that would um, take so long. All right, so. They are playing Strip Monopoly. Then Marcy goes for post-coital pee, leaving Kevin Bacon alone. 
to make sure she's not pregnant, right? Yep. That's how you. And that's you got to you got to you got to flush it out for the UTI. Right. More than anything, I, if Dan, I'm yeah. assuming that is not your only form of birth control because you don't have a kid yet. But I don't think that's 100 percent effective. Hey, if it if it worked, <laughs> if it worked in the 1600s, it works now, all right? However, it is a good way to not get a UTI, ladies. So if you're listening, you have sex, <laughs> so, so. get to the bathroom and pee that shit out oh my god so we're Ooh. also a uh a general health podcast as well as being a political right. one today absolutely you know i what? really you I, take I, care I, take care of you ladies i pray that none of my future children listen to this because it's um, very good advice yeah sure <laughs> <laughs> They should not be finding out from this podcast. <laughs> no, if the, if this is your only form of uh, sex education, I need you to get to a Planned Parenthood right away. <laughs> right, yeah. Please seek immediate help. Ask all the questions. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I heard from I heard from Anthony Del Vecchio that you should go to the bathroom after sex. Who? Yeah. What is going on right now? I mean, he's right, but still, who is he? <laughs> it's uh, so I guess if anything, yeah, anything good has come from this podcast, we've saved a couple people some discomfort, hopefully. Yeah. All right. So after the UTI thing is averted in this movie, um, she first like uh, so Kevin Bacon then gets an arrow through the throat while she's away, which is yeah. the most famous death scene in this movie. It does look very painful. Yeah. Uh, I think in HD, it doesn't look that great. Well, you can see the discoloration. Yeah. Right? His face is a little bit more uh, uh, tan. Yeah. And then his throat and the rest of his body is just super pale. Uh, definitely does not hold up in HD. Um, no. But we're not going to fault the movie for that. Right. They didn't know any better. Right. Um, Marcy, she's in the bathroom, and she starts doing a Catherine Hepburn impression. And at this point, we've gotten a Catherine Hepburn impression and a Humphrey Bogart impression, which I'm assuming was all the rage in 1980. Yeah, yeah the kids loved themselves some Humphrey Bogart. <laughs> yeah. Here's looking at you, kid. Yeah. She drops a Catherine Hepburn impression via the Rainmaker from 1956, you know. <laughs> they weren't even around back then. No, not at all. Those fucking nerds. This I, is what... and... This is why they don't have anything else better to do in the summer than work at a summer camp, because they're all a bunch of dorks. Yeah, they're all betas. <laughs> all betas, did, even and, the women. And do you know how hard? <laughs> and do you know how hard it would have been for them to see that movie? Right, it was barely available. <laughs> how many times does the Rainmaker get re-released between 1956 <laughs> and 1980? <laughs> yeah, that's. It's uh, lesser Hepburn. It's all I'm saying. It's it's a stretch. Some, it's definitely a stretch. Hepburn no hot takes. It's no bringing up baby. You hear that, makers of the Rainmaker from from hell? <laughs> you're gonna you're in for it now, Ant. When you get down there, you know, I heard you didn't like the you didn't like that Audrey Audrey Hepburn movie, huh? <laughs> Catherine right, well, Hepburn, but whatever. Oh, okay, I'm sorry, Kath, <laughs> Catherine Hepburn. Uh, that'll be your own personal hell. Yep, just a Q and A with the makers of the Rainmaker. While it's playing entire like through a loop. Yeah, just a director's commentary. Right. Oh, so this this is the part where, <laughs> oh God, no, there is no God here. I don't care. <laughs> it's uh, it's some very tr- very strange choices were made throughout this film. 
Yeah. Um, so she's off. Um, and she's doing her stupid Catherine Hepburn impression. She goes, starts looking for who she thinks is Jack sneaking up on her. Um, but it's not. It's the killer. And she gets an axe to the face. Um, which pretty, is another good a kill. pretty good kill. Very yeah. good kill. But again, um, looked so yeah, I, bored by it. I, I wasn't expecting the axe to end up where it did when they cut back to her. Okay. Uh, like, cleaves are right. Yeah, I was expecting more of like maybe like everything at that point had been to the neck. Yeah. You know, area. And then when it cut back, it was in her face. I was like, oh, okay. It, That's, yeah. The effects look pretty cool. I mean, yeah. for, yeah. again, 1980, it, it looked realistic enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so strip monopoly ends right before Alice has to take her shirt off. Um, and Brenda leaves to go check her bunk windows. And then we cut to Steve, who's just hanging out in a da- in town at a diner. And again, as we mentioned, he was supposed to be back by lunch, but it's pitch black outside. Pouring rain. Yeah. And he he decides it's time to head back. I don't know what he's been doing all day. And that and that and that waitress is thirsty. Oh yeah. Yeah, thirsty for, I don't know, God, some chamomile tea. She's like 90 <laughs> years old. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, you get to a certain age and you're... You know what? Taste... It's okay to have a healthy sexual, yeah. uh, you know, sure. relationship in your 90s. Yeah. Ladies, Let's... get it when you can. You know, there's probably no chance you're going to get pregnant. You do, you ladies. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that would be, a, but, that'd be an uh, abomination of science. <laughs> If you're 90, you could still get a UTI. So, again, yes. after sex, you got to go pee. Yeah. If you can make it to the bathroom. Right. Man, well, I mean, if you've got the pens, uh, it's one less trip. Oh, God. <laughs> wow. This podcast is going off the rails. Yeah, we, we've sunk to a new low on Happy this Halloween, one. Happy Halloween, guys. Yeah. <laughs> this is pretty terrifying, if I may say so. <laughs> it's all right. We don't have much left. Uh <laughs> <laughs> it's almost uh, over <laughs> so brenda uses the bathroom but she doesn't see marcy uh steve gets the jeep stuck in the mud and gets uh lift by a cop total like, steve move uh, fucking steve i don't even know how he got in like a ditch but he got in the ditch Wait, they, don't, they don't show it i rewound it to make sure like did i miss something where he skids off the road i, I know it's raining but it's just they, the, the one shot is him driving and kind of he, he's uh, wiping down the, the windshield because I guess it's tough to see. They cut to another scene, cut back, and he's in a ditch. Mm-hmm. Fucking Steve. Uh, yeah, total Steve move. <laughs> so uh, Brenda is alone in her cabin. She's doing some reading. She hears someone's cries for help outside. She goes out to investigate and she doesn't see anybody. She winds up at the uh, archery range and the, someone turns on the lights and she screams. Um, Alice and Bill go to investigate. They don't seem to find anything. They find out like the power is kind of intermittent. The phones aren't working. There's one truck that isn't working either. Um, Steve gets dropped off by the cop in front of the Camp Crystal Lake sign. And someone shines a light in his eyes after the cop is leave. And he gets stabbed. Then someone goes into the generator room and turns out all the lights. Uh, Bill lights some lanterns, and he says he's going to go investigate the generator room. Tells Alice to try and get some sleep. Uh, he goes to the generator room. He sees that there is no gas in the generator. Then we cut to Alice, who wakes up. She spends some time uh, trying to cook, trying to keep her mind off the fact that she is alone. Um, and then she decides that she's going to go out looking for Bill, which actually, this was actually, 
uh, one thing I noticed, it was a, actually a well done directed scene. It was just a very simple scene of her kind of waiting and there's a slow push in on her and then you could kind of feel the tension mounting. I just thought that was a nice directorial choice. Very quiet moment in this slasher movie that I thought deserves some credit. Um, so she goes looking for him and then uh, uh, she finds him arrowed to the door of the generator room. So she runs back, barricades herself into the bunk. Um, it's funny because she piles a bunch of stuff against the door. But of course, the door opens it's out. out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess in a time of hysteria, you're not thinking clearly. Yeah. Um, she does try and create a a uh, a rope. She tries to like hold it shut with a rope. I don't know if that would have worked, but it, it reminded me of the uh, Simpson episode where Homer has the fish tied to the the door <laughs> with all the the, uh, the loops and look. everything. Let me know that there's someone's trying to break in. Right. Watch the fish, Marge. <laughs> <laughs> I, at first, I thought she was gonna try and hang herself. I was gonna say that took a real, real dark turn. It's like, oh, this there's, is my only way out. <laughs> there's no hope. Um, so she gets a bat and a fork, and she is barricaded into the bunk, and Brenda gets thrown through the window. Um, so this killer is probably superhuman and not at all a middle-aged woman in uh in a nice sweater. You never trust them. A nice you never blue trust the woman. Nice blue sweater. women in sweaters. Yeah. Um, but then Alice sees some car lights, so she thinks it's Steve, so she runs out. And she sees it's not Steve. It's a woman by the name of Mrs. Voorhees, who says she's a friend of the Christie's. And Alice shows her the bodies, and Mrs. Voorhees is just talking about how, how stupid it was for Steve to reopen the camp. And... Alice is like, well, we need to find Steve. And she's like, that's not necessary. Um, and then she's just kind of like, yeah, my my son was Jason and he drowned in 1957. And you let him die because you were out having sex. This is where she makes the turn of a crazy old lady. Yeah. And uh, Alice hits her with a fireplace poker and runs away. And in the me- meantime, she finds all the other bodies, which is a, a terrible series of events for Alice. As she, everywhere she runs, she finds yet another body. Um, it would be cool if just like random bodies showed up. Like, I don't, who's this person? <laughs> so I don't goes, even know who she, this is. Right, like going through like all her friends were there. Oh my God, no, no. Who? <laughs> uh, and then this this creates what, a very long sequence of Alice getting chased by Mrs. Voorhees and going from like bunk to bunk, getting chased, fighting off Mrs. Voorhees and running to someplace else. She finds a rifle and instead of uh, loading it, she just throws it at Mrs. Voorhees along with other things. And then Mrs. Voorhees slaps the shit out of her and throws her around some. (laughs) I like when uh, she's trying to break the lock with the the gun. So fails miserably at it she just keeps missing (laughs) she's like she hits the lock once yeah she hits it once and nowhere near hard enough oh no like at first i was like i was thinking that she was gonna it was gonna like she was doing that like if that breaks the lock i'm i'm calling bullshit (laughs) Um, yeah i i I wipe my hands of this movie you know she it's her and steve just have no clue how to swing anything in this movie (laughs) 
<laughs> they, they don't know how to use any force whatsoever. Yeah. Just, uh, oh my god, open! Oh man, it, it was. I got a good chuckle out of it though, so I'll I'll let it pass. Because <laughs> yeah. I think that's more real life, right? Yeah. Who's gonna Who's gonna use the butt of a rifle uh, effectively there? Yeah. Um, a further chase ensues. Alice hides in a storage shed. Um, Mrs. Voorhees breaks in. She takes a huge swing with a machete at Alice, who ducks under it and then knocks Mrs. Voorhees out with a cast iron skillet, which made me chuckle. Because <laughs> <laughs> you just take a step back and just like this beating up an old lady. <laughs> it's it's like a a cartoon sketch where they just keep hitting each other with something that's more and more violent. Like one one's a poker, then a paddle, then a cast iron pot. You, you literally throw the kitchen sink at each other here. Yeah. Um, so she knocks out Mrs. Voorhees. She runs towards the lake. Mrs. Voorhees catches up with her, and they start fighting on the lake. And when all's said and done, the movie just evolves into a middle-aged woman and a teen rolling around in the dirt until the teen <laughs> chops off the old lady's head. <laughs> you know, that old story. Right, that old chestnut. <laughs> it's really... It's, uh, it, 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 we mentioned earlier in the podcast where... Mrs. Voorhees is able to subdue these other teenagers, you know, some men. I mean, obviously, Kevin Bacon was lying down, but I'm assuming the others were upright and aware of what was going on. But she's able to sneak up on them and take them out easily. But with Alice, it's like she's this impossible, impossibly tough person all of a sudden. And Mrs. Voorhees turns into a frail old lady. Yeah. But I was... And which is funny because if anything, when tail of the tape, I, I feel like Mrs. Voorhees has the advantage on Alice. 100%. She's got the reach. She's got the the weight against her. She, I think she could take Alice in real life. And she she knows the terrain. Mm-hmm. She's got the psychological advantage here. Yeah, this like, is her turf. This is home is. field advantage. Right. Yeah. They, so Alice came into her her home and chopped her head off. Yep. With everything against her, that's that's Golden State blowing a three to one lead right there. Hey, bringing <laughs> that one back. Yeah, it's still it's still relevant, right? We can still bring that up. Yep. Okay. Good. <laughs> Always is. Um. So like, Alice, oh, this, this death was so crazy. It almost made me forgot that the Warriors blew a three one lead in the NBA Finals. <laughs> <laughs> so Alice manages to chop off her head with a machete, and she then jumps into a canoe. And holds out until the morning when a cop shows up and she waves to him and then Jason pops up out of the water and takes her under. But it was just a dream. She wakes up or in a hospital bed. Or she wakes was up it? In a, <laughs> she wakes up in a hospital bed and it was all, that was a dream. Everybody's dead though. Like only the last part was a dream. You, right, your Jason friends are still me. very much dead. Right. <laughs> Imagine that was the final like line of the movie where like she was oh it was all a dream and the doctor's like no your friends are still very much dead and yeah, that just happened. that last part that you mentioned about the boy that <laughs> we don't know anything about a boy but everybody else is very dead <laughs> well see you later and then just watch and we're, out. roll credits and we're and we're probably pretty sure that you killed them but well <laughs> and for some reason you decapitated an old lady. <laughs> Uh, you're a sicko yeah. it's like wait a minute why am i handcuffed to this bed <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i guess i i did think about that when the cops showed up like what's to stop the cops from thinking that she did all of this and now yeah. she's just yeah 
1980s forensic uh, technology is probably not as good as you would hope. Right, and it's it's her word against all the dead bodies. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of her, you know, a lot of her DNA around. Yeah. yeah. It's not good. It's not looking good for Alice in our oh. remake of Friday the 13th, <laughs> where Mrs. Voorhees' <laughs> ultimate goal was to get Alice jailed. Uh, well, I mean, in the sequel, I believe she does survive enough to get killed in the sequel, so she's not in jail. Nah, but that is the end of Friday the 13th, a classic in its own right. Um, it's not as great as you think it is. It's not. It's not that much of a classic, yeah. in yeah. my opinion. But, yeah. you know, there's there's some decent effect work by Mr. Tom Savini. I think he's probably done better. But mm-hmm. Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Um, it's, but, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm going to say, I, I think uh, this was definitely, a, it, it benefited from being released when it did. Uh, these kind of movies nowadays are not popular. And it, I'm surprised people enjoyed this movie as much as they did because the acting is very, very hokey. Uh, the, the pacing is fine, but it's, I don't. I didn't like any of these characters. I didn't really care for the twist. And although I knew far enough in advance what was going on, that it was, you know, Mrs. Voorhees and not Jason. Right. But I really wish that they had, I guess they didn't think of using Jason in, in other films. I wish they would have leaned a little bit more heavily on that and introduced Mrs. Voorhees earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a lot of weird choices in this movie. It's just a, it's a bizarre movie if you come, if you think about it. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I think it's, it's an interesting kind of time capsule of, I think it kind of, uh, informs kind of where the movie going audience was at the time more than anything. So I think this is, this is, was probably a movie that they felt was dangerous, you know, kind of dangerous. Like, Oh, we're not supposed to be seeing this movie. It's got, it's got sex. It's got violence in this. Mm-hmm. A little uh, bit of nudity. A little a, bit of nudity. A smidge of nudity. A smidge. Just a very quick peek of uh, nipples in this. Girls running around in their granny panties. Yep. It's very risque. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, I think there are better movies uh, in the franchise. I think there are worse movies in the franchise, too. Um, sure. So it's an interesting one to go back and kind of see where it all started. You know, as I mentioned, 12 films total. I do have kind of uh, a few franchise by the numbers, some stats for Friday the 13th as a whole. Uh, 12 films spanning 1980 to 2009. Uh, Total box office uh, between all 12 is 382 million, which uh, works out to about 31.89 million average Um, through uh, each film um, in the first film. The killer Pamela kills 10 people. In the second one, Jason kills nine. In the third, Jason kills 12. In the fourth, Jason kills 13. In the fifth, Roy Burns is the killer. He kills 19. Six, Jason kills 18. Jason kills 15 in number seven. And eight, Jason kills 18. Nine, Jason kills 19. Ten, Jason kills 21. Freddy versus Jason, Jason kills 18. In 2009, Jason kills 14. So Jason... Jason X is the highest body count for Jason himself. Uh, yeah, Roy, Burn, Roy Burns coming on with 19 and number five. I know you I, do love the uh, the cryogenic uh, oh, yes. fr- freezing. That's a cool one. 
I, I think now that now that I am thinking about it, I think Jason is one of my least favorite uh, classic monsters. Okay. Yeah, I, I just I don't like guys who are just inexplicably immortal. Mm. Right? It's just he's never. It's never really mentioned why he can't be killed. Like, no, he's just, sure. There's like a whole. There's a whole lot of retconning and everything like that so the second one it retcons it that jason never died in 1957 Mm -hmm. he's so he's alive but then it's like well where the fuck has he been for almost almost 20 years you know right over 20 years yeah Yeah, it's like 30 years yeah um and then it all after that it becomes all right now is he superhuman and then he dies and he comes back in five i think um so there is a lot of questioning of what jason is where would you would you so i would say so between like him freddie and michael myers you put him last yeah it's it's close between him and michael myers but the the one thing i like about myers is he he's more just to me he's more subdued than jason like jason has the hockey mask and all that and like he go he went to space for christ's sake michael myers just usually sticks to Haddonfield. Yeah. So I like he just kind of keeps it in one area. Uh, and again, he really invented the whole genre. Like he sure. took it to the next step. So I kind of give him points for that. But Freddie is my favorite, especially er- early Freddie, because it's just it's more creative. You know, yeah. being able to do all those things in the dream world or the dream plane. Uh, if you listen to our Halloween <laughs> podcast, D and D podcast. But yeah, I just I think it's and it's a cooler design, the the burn and all that. It, it, he's just a better character. Sure. Uh, is there anything you guys would do to make this better? Nothing that we haven't already mentioned. Uh, maybe have Crazy Ralph in it a little more, or maybe have Crazy Ralph die. That would have been cool. Uh, yeah, just having Mrs. Voorhees in it a few more times than the end. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. No, anything else that we've mentioned? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the only thing on my end, which I had already mentioned, is I just want a more full camp than mm-hmm. there was. They don't all have to die, but you know, don't yeah. make you it. want it. You want it to feel lived in. Yeah, to where I'm not sure who's going to die. Sure. You know, sort of thing. Okay. Uh, yeah. I think that's gonna wrap it up today. Uh, you guys got any pluggables? You should know this by now. Of course we do. <laughs> <laughs> You just it's a say, rhetorical hey. question. Oh, okay. From now on, I just want you to say, plug your shit and let's okay. do this. Uh, my Twitter, which I am on right now, now, looking at the baseball scores and all that, is, I have to double check it, uh, daquino122. I was going to say aquinod122. That would have been completely false. Uh, you can also check out our Stranger Damies Twitter, at Stranger Damies, and our Instagram, at Stranger Damies. Uh, and that's it for me. So, Mark, you go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This Stranger Damies, uh, as we mentioned, the D&D podcast. Um, hopefully, uh, the uh, episode will be posted uh, already before you listen to this. Um, for some reason, with this video file, and we have to figure out, me and Tom, next time, it's taking a hell of a long time to upload to the Google Drives um, and failing on his end uh, so, sometimes. So... If I've gotten that out by now, you know, it, it should be all good to go. Worst case, Thursday. Um, but, yeah, yeah, we got that coming up. It's the second half of our Halloween one-shot. Uh, so you get to see how we 
you know, sort of wiggle way out of a situation we probably shouldn't have gotten out of, um, and then into a completely terrifying situation uh, that is the back half. So that's all, always every Wednesday. Uh, and then um, also, real quick, uh, Extra Life, uh, November 16th, we're raising money for Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Um, we'll be live from 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for the full 24. Um, there'll be a live session of Stranger Damies. We'll be playing a bunch of video games. Uh, friends of the podcast will all be there. Um, people that you've probably heard across everything we've done. Um, we'll all be in one room uh, doing this. Uh, so if you want to donate, it's ex- uh, tinyurl.com slash extralife4. Um, and you can uh, help us donate there. Uh, that's about all I have. Great. And we are They Call This Movie. You can find us on theycallthismovie.podbean.com or, and on every podcast streaming app. That's Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play Podcasts, wherever you could find podcasts, you can find us. The main website is themaindamey.com, and you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at themaindamey. It also puts us on the podcast stream of Geek Vibes Nation, and we're proud members of Geek Vibes Nation, and you can find them at gbnation.com or on any podcast streaming at, at Geek Vibes Nation, as well as any social media at Geek Vibes Nation. they got a whole bunch of other great shows that you can listen to. We're on there. Mark's video game podcast, the Game Vault podcast is on there, um, and a bunch of other shows that we have nothing to do with, including Stranger Damies, but we have something to do with that one. Um, and that is about every way you could get a hold of us. I am at Antelvec on Twitter, um, but you could get a hold of me at the Mandami on Twitter as well. Um, and that's going to wrap it up. Uh, this has been, they call it this movie. Uh, it's our last 31 days of horror of the year for podcasts. So we will catch you next year doing more horror movies, but we will be back next week with a brand new episode. We might do a theme month. Not sure. We have to figure it out, but we will reveal that um, next week. So this is the end of this podcast, and uh, this is Anthony Del Vecchio telling director Sean S. Cunningham to go fuck himself. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.